Well, welcome in everybody to Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host this evening, football analyst and silent reporter John Harris, and the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer, joins me. Mark, how are you? Hola, Johnny. I am so pumped because the hot stove really got fired up yes. today. I mean, is this the first big one of the offseason, the I, Flacco story? I think it is, and we're going to get to that in just a second because quarterback roulette is about to happen in the NFL. We're going to oh, talk cool. about what this, how this impacts the domino effect of mm-hmm. the NFL with the quarterbacks, and we'll get to that. We've also got our first... Wednesday night draft. It's draft Wednesday. It is draft Wednesday. And the draft, and we'll let you think about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can't guarantee a win against a team, but I'm allowing you to take one defensive player off of a Texans 2019 opponent. Ooh. That would come the closest to assuring you a win. Okay. And you get the draft in the order in which you would take those players off those teams. So we got quarterback roulette, and we have survivor yeah. of, of sorts. We get to in vote defensive sense, yes. players off the island of yes. the opponent. I yes. like this. Just one player mm-hmm. off that team, one defensive player off that team. It's going to be too easy offense. It's just send Brady to send, <laughs> send Brady to hang out with Wilson and Tom Hanks. Send on all the, the quarterbacks away the way this schedule's shaping up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the question would be, would you take Mahomes first or Brady first? Oh, if you had to, if do you that. had to do the offensive guys, uh, no, Mahomes you know what, Brady. you know what. All right, I know we're not doing that tonight, but I, th- I might just go ahead and take Mahomes out of the equation because you're so going too. up there yeah. to Kansas City, tough place to play anyway. You got Mahomes, so you take Mahomes out of it. Look, not that Brady is going to be easy to deal with here at NRG Stadium, but I'd rather, I think, I'd rather take my chances with Brady at home than Mahomes on the road at this point in their careers. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I was watching the Chiefs and Cardinals kind of taking a step back because I got the Harris 100 finally done. So now I'm taking a step back. I'm looking at the teams themselves. I got drafting. So I started yeah. with Arizona. Holy cow, Arizona was bad last year. They, I mean, oh, it was bad. And they need a lot, right? It was bad. I mean, I think Arizona finished, what, 2-14 and 14 or 3-13? and 13? I think it was 3-13. I think it's 3. And the Texans were 4-12 and 12 the, year, the year prior. I can't tell you the, the, the difference between 4-12 and 3-13 and, and 13 teams. I mean, it was – I'm I'm watching and you can see like Patrick Peterson like sometimes throw up his hands like what are y'all doing? Oh yeah, <laughs> it was amazing to watch. But I was watching the Chiefs in that and it was one of the games in which the Chiefs' offense didn't have a great day against the Cardinals. But just some of the things that Patrick Mahomes does, I'm sitting there watching. Like wait a second, he just back shouldered a Tampa two running linebacker to Tyree kill for a touchdown. Like what yeah. did he just do? Who called him trick shot artist? Oh, he is. He who's is the quarterback who's the trick uh, Tanny. Is yeah, Tanny. Alex uh, Tanny. Alex Tanny, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but Mahomes can do it in an NFL right. game, in an so NFL there's game. that. It's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. All right, Mark. We So we got all that on the show. But today we heard earlier uh, around lunchtime that there is news afoot in the NFL, and it does impact the Texans because the Texans will play the Denver Broncos. And as they play the AFC West. Now, Denver will have to come here, but it may not be Case Keenum. May ultimately be Joe Flacco. The news out of both Baltimore and Denver is that Denver is giving up a fourth round pick, presumably the fourth round pick that they re- received for Demarius Thomas. That they will go out and get Joe Flacco. It involves the Texans, in yes, other words. In some way, it does. So essentially, what Denver has done today is trade Demarius Thomas for Joe Flacco. Your gut reaction when you saw that was what? 
Uh, I, I still feel that was sad. Your, that was your gut reaction. Yeah, that was it because I feel sad over the way it all went down with Demarius Thomas. I really yeah, part, We talked yeah. about this yesterday a bit. I really wanted to see what was going to happen in the postseason, of course. Yep. With Demarius Thomas, that would have really helped. Uh, obviously, you weren't able to see him in the postseason. And, hey, even late in the Philadelphia game, right? That might have yeah. been a big aid to this offense. And uh, the fact that he's not around here. Yeah. You know, I just I wanted to see this play out. I didn't think it was going to be a huge factor next year. But I said this yesterday, Johnny. This team needs another wide receiver, not just for insurance, but just they got to bolster the troops here. Maybe yeah. Vincent Smith can emerge to be that guy. Sure. And look, if you could guarantee me perfect health with Fuller, QT, and Hopkins, great. Right. I'm all set. But there are no guarantees in this world, as we've painfully seen with this franchise over the years. So I want to see somebody, and I thought maybe it could be Thomas. Anyway, so that's my gut reaction. It comes, it comes back to me. Of course. Big surprise at the, my feelings about the Houston Texans situation. But Flacco... This is a big story, you know, and good for the Broncos being able to swing this deal. They needed to do something at that position. I'm not so sure this is the answer to all their problems, though. Well, one of the things that I I found out just when you open your ears and listen at the Senior Bowl, yeah, and it doesn't it didn't surprise me too much, but John Elway has been studying college quarterbacks all, yeah. all all this year. I mean, he has Oh, been, so this this is the grade then he, well, <laughs> that they've gotten. And I think that's part of it. I mean, that that could absolutely be part of it. Yeah. That he looked at these guys and said, "I don't think he's ruling them out, but I think what he's doing is he's ruling them out to be effective in 2019." In his mind, mm. I don't think it precludes them from taking a quarterback, but I think what it does is it gives them at least now the 2020 class of quarterbacks is going to be pretty good with Tua Tagovailoa, Jake Fromm, Justin Herbert from Oregon. I think they're going to be much better prospects. All those guys I would put in front of anybody going this year. But I think at number at number 10, a lot has been made about Drew Locke. They saw Drew Locke at the Senior Bowl. And that's where I started hearing it was that Elway had been studying the college quarterbacks all you know throughout. I've heard from some scouts that were like, yeah, I was at this game and Elway was there and the only player you yeah. go see is going to be a, a young quarterback. And that it doesn't preclude them from doing it. I, I'm intrigued by this move for a couple of reasons. Number one, we sat here on draft night. We said Lamar Jackson will be the starter, no question, in 2019. Yeah. We looked at the, the contract of Joe Flacco. We talked about it. You, me, and Andre, we said Lamar Jackson, if not sooner, is going to be the starter in 2019 at the latest. And, then, of course, he becomes a starter halfway through the year. The other aspect is the Broncos just paid Case Keenum two years, $37 million yep. last year. Yep. And now they're taking on Joe Flacco's contract, which is no guaranteed money, but he's I think it's eighteen and a half or nineteen million dollars this year. Right, that's a lot of money on your cap for that particular position when you don't know exactly whether whether you're gonna. I, there's just a lot unknown. Well, so this. Keenum's being shopped reportedly. I would I would think so. And yeah. it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. And this goes to your roulette point because you've nailed this kind of thing before. And I'm eager to hear what you think. I don't know if you're ready to come out with it. Is it roulette or is it musical chairs? Or domino effect, however. Yeah, it's it's more musical chairs is what it is. But I I find it interesting because Case was such an integral part of it last year. He was a big part. Once the Cousins domino fell, then that put Case in motion, and that sent Case to Denver and then kind of moved some things around. How about Case gets blasted out of two places 
where well, Minnesota he played pretty well. Yeah, very and well. And maybe they're thinking, you know what, we might have done just fine with Keenum here yeah. as opposed to Cousins. And I know Cousins in certain metrics looks pretty good, but you get my drift. And now Flacco comes in, replaces Case. You could you're I think you're right about your Elway point because they could have easily drafted a young guy and said, Case, you're gonna start until this guy's ready to take right. over. Let's be honest, it's gonna happen at some point. Let's let it play out, like Jared Goff with the LA Rams yeah, when Case was there. Boy, Case is becoming Steve DeBerg almost. He is. That's a great point. I mm. thought about that earlier today. That's a great point. He is. And if you don't remember Steve DeBerg, DeBerg was the quarterback in San Francisco before Joe Montana. Right. Then he was the Denver. quarterback in Denver yep. before Elway. Tampa before Steve Young? Or Vinny. Or Vinny. It may have been Vinny. It was Vinny, I think. Oh, really? But I can't remember. But it was like two or three different places where he was the guy. Steve Young started in Tampa, and right? The, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He did. But, yeah, so you're exactly right with Case. Here's one place that I would find very interesting, just given the backgrounds of where Case played his college ball and Cliff Kingsbury being the coach Ooh. in Arizona. That's a that's a good one right there. Now, Case would be going there more than likely to be the backup yeah. behind Josh Rosen. But that's a good insurance policy for them. No question. And at this point in his career, I don't think anybody's bringing in Case to be the starter. He's going to be a high-priced backup. Yep. Ooh, but that contract. All right, how about this? And I, I meant to bring exactly. this up when you brought this up. With Elway and the contract he gave Keenum, which is not a Cousins contract, but it's a pretty decent contract. Yeah. What would happen, like, how would history be revised with the Broncos had the Texans sort of bowed out of the Osweiler race at some point yeah. prior to 2016 and Denver paid him $16 million a year and a huge deal at the time? Yeah. Would they have been trying to get out of it after year one? Would it have worked out? I don't know because Kubiak was still the coach in Denver when they missed on the Osweiler signing, and that turned out to be a good miss for them. They ended up back with him anyway in the 2017 season. But it's really fun stuff to track and think about, the what-ifs and the hypotheticals. It's endless. Yeah, there's no question. Brandon Kiley, friend of ours, used to be at uh, Sports Radio 610, did his internship there. He's now back in Kansas City, and he tweeted this. He said, three of the five worst quarterbacks in the league in passer rating over the last five years have started for the Broncos. Okay, you ready for this? Minimum 1,000 pass attempts. Okay. Just just listen to this. Number one, Brock Osweiler. Mm -hmm. Number two, Blake Bortles. Number three, Joe Flacco. Number four, Brian Hoyer. And number five, Case Keenum. Wait, did he say I've started for the Broncos? Yeah. And what's what stood out to you? Blake Bortles. Well, no. What else stands out to you? Osweiler, Hoyer, yeah. Keenum. Ooh. Ooh. That's also for the Texans, too. But the Texans, in those years, won division championships with Osweiler. Won a division championship with Hoyer and won two games with Case at the end of 2014 when they went 9 7. Wait, but why is he saying Bortles with the Broncos? No, he's saying three of these guys, three of the five. Oh, worst. three of the five. So Bortles is the only one of that mix that hasn't played for the Broncos and or the Texans. And or the Texans, right, because Hoyer has played for the Texans. Right. And now Hoyer has a ring with the New England Patriots. Yeah. Good for him. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. And was a key point, as a uh, key part in that, as we talked about that last week. But. It starts with Flacco. So Flacco now is in Denver. We were waiting to see where he was going to go. He ends up, presumably, with a starting gig in Denver. Mm -hmm. Moves out there. They give up a fourth rounder. As I said earlier, essentially what the Broncos did was give up Demarius Thomas. And they gave up, basically they gave up Demarius Thomas for a player to be named later. That player ends up being Joe Flacco. So they bring Flacco in. So now Keenum, I would imagine, is not staying in Denver. Potentially Arizona to be a backup there. 
Here's one for you. Give me one. People have asked whether Case Keenan would come back here to be the backup to Deshaun Watson in Houston. Would you do it? Do you think it happens? Would I do it here? I think that's a really interesting point. What would you do? I. It's a big deal, though, right? Yeah, you got to figure out what you're going to do. You have the cap space. Are you happy with your backup? Are you really going anywhere with your backup no matter who it is? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah exactly. So what is the real advantage there? I'd consider it, though. But you know what? We don't know how good Brandon Whedon really yeah, I is. I mean, he looked pretty good in short work here in the 2015 season. That's starting to sound like a long time ago to it me. It is. So I'm not sure how they feel about it. But he looked pretty good in the preseason last year. Yeah, but think about it. Uh, the irony. Brandon Whedon got two He got two games, essentially, in 2015. He beats the Colts. He beats the Titans. Case Keenum got two games at the end of 2014. Yeah. He beats the Ravens. He beats the Jags. And it's Keenum like gets more gigs out of, the, out of the job, out of that performance. Brandon Whedon, you know, unable to – well, he caught on with Tennessee, right. but unable to get the kind of gigs that Keenum's gotten since, or the opportunity, really. Because Keenum, it's not like he lucked into what happened in Minnesota, but it's through attrition that he got his his chance, yeah. and then he made a mo- the most of that chance. I would have, I'm curious to see what the Broncos – if the Broncos – if Elway is able to trade Case Keenum and, and his contract, holy cow. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very how tra- he'll pull that off. If you could trade know. Osweiler, you could trade Keenum. You would think, right? Here's the other thing: you Are we think. bearing the lead? A four for Flacco? Yeah, four for Flacco. Is that a little light? A little bit. But if you're if you're Baltimore, if you're Baltimore, think what about gonna, what you're getting in return. You, you you're getting something. You're well, you're getting that cap relief. Now you've got some dead money, but yep. you're getting cap relief. So you're kind of getting a little bit of that. Plus. You move Joe on out of the building. Yeah, it's now Lamar's team. You don't yeah. have to have that hanging over your head. Right. You're not going to be stuck with that big time cap hit. And is you're RG, get a fourth for it? Is RG three still the backup? I would imagine he's got to be. I I want him if I, I'm I, them. I would think he's got. I need be. a good backup. I would think he's got to be the guy. Texans will be there this year. Inner Harbor matchup between the Ravens and Houston. And he might end up on the that that Baltimore Ravens might end up on the Wednesday night draft. We'll talk about that in a little Ooh. bit. But coming up next, Drew and I are going to talk. Well, I'm going to tell Drew about Andre Dillard right here on Texas All Access. Each and every Wednesday, the key word is draft. Be it our Wednesday night draft, which Mark and Drew and I are going to commence in the next segment, or the 2019 NFL draft. I like to have Wednesday, considering that's the show that I am mostly responsible for. And you guys want to talk draft a lot. I see it in my Twitter timeline. I see it in emails I get. I see it when I go to the grocery store and people are asking me because, yes, that does happen at my Kroger. So you guys want to talk draft. So Drew Doherty and I on our In Lab podcast have a little segment on there called Tell Me About. And Drew says, John, tell me about, and then he gives me a name. Today, that name is... Andre Dillard, an offensive lineman oh. from Washington State who played for my old pal Mike Leach. Yeah, he did. He you know, did. Mike Leach is he's pumped out some some great receivers over the year years. Wes Welker, Michael Crabtree, Danny Mandola. But you know what? He's had some pretty good offensive linemen in that system. He loves the offensive line play. He emphasizes the offensive line play. Over the years he's been kind of known for the big splits, yep. meaning the tackle is way out wide <laughs> way out from the wide. guard who's yeah. way out wide from the center and it's they're, they're all kind of islands and they have to they have to be a little bit they have to block a little differently so on and so on but tell me about Andre Dillard well he was 
a guy that arrived at Washington State about 245, 250. And I I first noticed him in 2016. He was a redshirt sophomore, and he was playing left tackle. And I actually was studying a different player at, at Wazoo. I was studying the guard. They had a guard by the name of Cody, Cody O'Connell. Mm-hmm. And they count him Mount O'Connell because he's massive. I mean, he's 355, 360 pounds. And everybody kept putting him on their all-pack 12 lists and you know, preseason All-America lists, and I, I was like, okay, well, i got to check this guy out. So I was watching him, and I kept firing out to the left tackle. I'm like, boy, that left tackle can move. Boy, he's quick. Just mirroring guys. You know, you think about what a left tackle does, and you think just the ability to mirror, to stay with a pass rusher. Pass rushers are throwing hands and mm-hmm. spinning and, and bobbing and weaving and swiping and ripping and all that kind of stuff. And Left tackle's got to be able to athletically stay with all of that. I mean, that's that's pretty much the the first thing you've got to be able to do. You've got to be able to have those feet. And I'm watching number 60, and I'm thinking, boy, he can move. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, who is this? So I look him up, and it's redshirt sophomore, and he's 275 pounds. I thought, oh, okay, he can't play at that. But, you know, he's a sophomore, so, yo, we'll see. So he became, at that point, kind of one of those I was keeping in my pocket for kind of a rainy day. Like, I like this guy, Andre Dillard. And so I kept watching him, kept watching him, and then finally as a senior, I was like, you know, he's not getting any attention from any draft analyst, no Mayock, no, nobody. Nobody's talking about him in this, in this new world we live in where draft analysis is happening all the time. And I just remember thinking, man, I, did, did I miss the boat on this, or is he my Mitchell Schwartz? Because I remember the same thing happened with Mitchell Schwartz That's when a nice he was comparison. at Cal. Yeah. And I was watching Mitchell Schwartz against Miami in a, in a bowl game it was the one they play in the Giant Stadium. I don't know if they still play it there. They don't play it there. They play it at uh, the new 49er Stadium. But they played a bowl game. It was Miami against Cal. And I just remember watching Mitchell Schwartz going, this guy's a player. And he was young. Mm-hmm. He was like a redshirt freshman, I think, or sophomore. He was young. And then Mitchell Schwartz turned into a really, really good player. But Diller was getting no, no attention. I didn't understand it. I really didn't get it. You know, Washington State's getting and playing really well. Mm-hmm. I'm watching him thinking he's playing well. Like, why is nobody talking about this guy? Like, I, I don't get it. And then all of a sudden, about two or three weeks before the Senior Bowl, Daniel Jeremiah put out some tweet or some article or something saying Andre Diller might be the left, best left tackle in football. And I was like, damn it. He's, you know. <laughs> That's but Daniel what, Jeremiah. Daniel Jeremiah knows Yeah, and I, and I love DJ. And yeah. as soon as DJ said that, I felt good because I was like, okay. Yeah. Then I, I didn't miss the boat on this guy. So I got a chance to talk to him at the Senior Bowl. And got a chance to watch him at the Senior Bowl. And the, and the thing is about coming from that offense, I think there are some advantages that people don't understand. Because you talk about they have those wide splits and you think, oh, well, that's not going to develop you as this kind of player, that kind of player. One of the players that came out of Texas Tech was Louis Vasquez. Uh-huh. And Louis was one of the better guards in the NFL. And he could do it all. And I think what Mike Leach does and did with his offensive line was they, they develop them as athletes. Yeah. They develop them as, you know, so they can move and they put them out there on an island, especially left tackle. Andre Gillard's out on an island have to all be, the time. You kind of have to be more self-sufficient. Yes. And you have to kind of hone some skill sets that you Absolutely. might not normally when you're in that system. Absolutely. Because you are, you are one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, you're not getting much help from your, your guard or getting much help from a tight end or getting much help from a back chipping. And Andre Dillard lived on an island one-on-one throughout his entire career. Seeing him at the Senior Bowl, one of the things he talked about was, you know, we didn't, we didn't, run, we didn't run the ball a lot. Uh-huh. We didn't run it the way the NFL teams are going to run it. And I think some teams are going to try and poke holes in that. He's got, he's got the ability to do it. And one thing that I noticed about him at the Senior Bowl, Drew, is the fact that he got better 
run blocking every day. Like every single day you could see some improvement in his run blocking because I got a chance to watch uh, day two and day three uh, on on my computer. I got a chance to watch those because I was there for day one and then day two got rained out. But they, they filmed it and sent it to everybody, and so that was nice. And so we got a chance to watch that. He got better. He even got better in day one in the practice, like run blocking. I think that's going to help him. But you talk about dancing with guys on the edge. He's up to 310 pounds now from the 275 he was a few years ago. That's right where he said he wanted to be. And that's kind of light for a, a Mike Leach offensive lineman. Yeah. Which is it's atypical, but it's it's lending into what I'm going to tell you about in well, a second. He, he, and he, he said he wanted to be at 310. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know if he'll want to stay there at 310. I, one of the fascinating things to me, over the years while Dwayne Brown was here, I was always, this sounds strange, but Dwayne would, would change his weight. Mm-hmm. A lot, like he would. he would want to. Like I'm really gonna cut. And he, there's one year I think he was down to like 305, 310. Yep. There's one year when he really wanted to bulk up. He got up to 325, 330. I mean, he really. And a lot of times, weight, it, a lot of times it depended on the, the time of the year as yeah, well. Yeah, true. And it, and it went year to year, like you're talking. Yeah, about. absolutely. And Dwayne is the kind of guy I look at Andre Dillard and think same sort of build because Dillard was not a tight end when he got to watch his day. He was just a small tackle. Dwayne was a tight end yeah. that they moved to tackle. And so I see a lot of similarities in the two. And obviously Dwayne became one of the best left tackles in the business mm-hmm. learning through his days at Virginia Tech. Now, I don't think he was coached as well at Virginia Tech as Andre has been at Washington State. Mm-hmm. So I do think that Dillard's probably a little bit more finished product. But I think Dwayne was probably overall better athlete yeah, but I know what I see in Andre Dillard as a left tackle, and think that guy can play in the league and play there for a long time. I, I'd be really excited if the Texans were able to add him at twenty-three. Mike Leach was once asked about blocking by his wide receivers, and what you said early on in that talk about Dillard reminded me of this answer he gave. But somebody was was like, "Well, what's important as far as blocking for your wide receivers?" He's like. Don't really care about pancake blocks or crackbacks or anything violent. Just really, just want you to get in the way. Yeah. Just and that's what you were talking about. Is I, I mean, maybe Andre Dillard can do pancakes and, and can manhandle guys and look like that's fun. Yeah. But it sounds like, based <laughs> on what you've observed, it sounds like he kind of falls into that 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 theory of just get in the way. Just just make it tough to get to the guy this defender wants to get to and kind of do it in any way possible. There was uh, it, It's interesting you say that. Be my, a shield almost. Yeah. My buddy Lance, he was talking to a, a scout about a particular player, and the scout said, look, man, I don't know really how to define it. He just gets guys blocked. That's, and that's and what it's, your that's job really, is. Yeah. That's really all it's about. It's getting blocked. If, if it's his own play and you got to run the guy by, on by, get him blocked. If it's a power play and you got to stand that guy up and you know move him a little bit, okay, that was the one thing I did see in him as the day wore on and as the week wore on. There was a little bit more of that run block and pop. Mm-hmm. You, know, you think about guys that pass protect all the time. They're always you know, kind of dancing bear, so to speak. But they get that opportunity to fire off, and sometimes they fire off, and then they're just way out of control. Dillard was under control. He got to where he was moving guys a little bit. But in, in essence, he, just, he gets guys blocked, and I'm okay with that, especially out on the edge. But the way that he pass protects, that's what, that's going to be where his money's made. And I'm really excited to see what he does. I just hope he doesn't end up at a place that we have to face twice a year. <laughs> that's, that's all. I would love to see him. I, I think he would be a good fit for this organization on a lot of different levels. So there you go. A little tell me about Andre Dillard. I, As I mentioned in the podcast, you can listen to the rest 
of the In the Lab podcast because we did a great segment called Found Money. You all have experienced that. You reach into your pocket and you're like, wait a second, what's that? Wait, pull it up. 20 bucks. Whoa, found money. It's the best thing, one of the top 49 best things in the world. When you reach in your pocket and it's found money, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. So we went through the Houston Texans found money on both offense and defense for 2019. And, of course, we're projecting, but we, I think you'll like that. And, of course, our talk on Andre Dillard right there as I met him at the Senior Bowl. You'll hear from Andre Dillard, I would imagine, at some point on one of these Wednesdays because I interviewed him at the Senior Bowl, talked to him about that process. I also interviewed Caleb McGarry. Uh, I talked to Hunter Renfro from Clemson, got some good stuff on his career at Clemson, but also what it was like to be in a huddle with Deshaun Watson. So we'll have Hunter Renfro later on as well. But Andre Dillard was our Tell Me About, and you can go listen to the rest of In the Lab, wherever you get your podcast, however you do that. But I'm telling you right now, I would love me some Andre Dillard for this organization. At tackle, the way that he can move, the athlete he is, the type of guy he is, and I think he would fit. No rookie ever fits seamlessly, especially right off the bat. But a guy like Justin Reed last year, you could see it. You could see how he fit in, and he fit in very, very well. Now, he had some history with some of the guys already in the team, like Tyron Matthew, because Tyron had played with his brother Eric, who just signed a three-year deal with Carolina. So there was some history there. But I think a guy like Andre Diller could step right into this locker room and fit very, very well for a number of different reasons. Now, 2019 draft, we'll put that up on the shelf. The Wednesday night draft, Drew, Mark, myself, that's next. Take a defensive player off a 2019 opponent. We're going to do that next right here in Texas All Access. One final segment of Texas All Access on this Wednesday. And since it's Wednesday and we're in the offseason, that means it's a draft Wednesday. Draft yes, Wednesday. it is. My two homies join me, Mark Vandermeer and Drew Doherty. Boys, mm-hmm. ready? Ready. Ready. Okay. So here's how we're doing this. We're going to draft one player from a 2019 opponent off the defensive side that if you take that guy off, you've got that much better of a chance to win. Now You're not, you would, you're not getting to put him on your team, though. Not going to put him on your team. Ugh. Not going to put him on your team, but you're just taking him off. Okay. That day, Drew wants to sign him, him. He wants to make a deal. Mark yes. and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. If you did the offense, would you take Mahomes off or Brady off first? You could take one or the other. Which one would you take off? Mahomes, Mahomes because... Patriots have beaten us without Tom Brady. Ooh, that's another way of wow. looking at it. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, the Chiefs <laughs> have beat us without I mean, I don't Mahomes. think it matters who you take <laughs> off the Patriots other than Brady. Like they'll, Yeah, you can take anybody else. They're always going to figure out a way to do, do something. Do I get to take them off of the whole season? Because then it's Brady for sure. Well, maybe yeah. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting? The Texans, all the times that they've played the Patriots, they've never played the Brady, Gronk, Edelman triumvirate. Right. In the last few, how many ever years? Because Edelman was out opening day last year. In 15, Edelman was hurt in that game. Gronk in that game. Hurt often. In 2016, Gronk was hurt. Yep. Um, oh, Brady, Brady was suspended. Wait, Gronk you know was hurt what? in the Well, you know what? What? 17, Edelman Did was Gronk out last year. Did play in the playoff would you rather, game? Would you rather no. face rookie, rookie Jacoby Brissett or current Brian Hoyer? That's, I don't know. I think I might be waffling now. Ooh. Yeah, Brissett was such an unknown on a short week. And you've gone down the, the road with Brian Hoyer. Oh, yeah, we too. know Brian Hoyer. So I don't know. I'm oh, going to yeah. waffle a little bit now. All right, so for our draft, we're going to go yes. to defense. Okay, okay, do it. We're going to go defense, and we're going to go youngest to oldest. Okay. So, Mark, you're going to go first. 
All right, so I'm youngest. Great. You go first. Thank you very much. You need your eyes checked. Okay. So I get to pick any team and remove any defender from right. that team. The one that you would think with the first pick, the one that you would think, that guy right there, we take him off. The Texans are going to bury that. Well, team. so I get to go in the division too. You can go any any any. Opponent. So I can take Darius Leonard off the Colts. You can if you want. That's my number one removal pick of a defender on an opponent from the 2019 schedule. Okay. Now you can't go back to the Colts. All right, take, so I'm done with the Colts. You're done with the Colts. You've taken your one player off the Colts, I think, Darius Leonard. Do I get one game or two games without him? Oh, well, now that's see, a good I, question. If it's, if it's only one game, Johnny, I get another pick. That's true. I get another pick. Okay, you do. That's true. Okay. If you do. If it's an opponent, you only play once. You only get to or, take one. Or you get the good bonus rules. of two games without that player against that divisional opponent. See? That's you got to get point. your rules straightened out here. So, Darius Leonard, the game in September or the game in December? <laughs> and where they're going to be Colts. And you know what? I finally got the Colts here late in the season, and it didn't matter. <laughs> I know it didn't matter. I didn't have a it chance just, to vent about this it yet. It just completely blew up It on didn't me. matter. All right, Drew, you ready? Uh, I think the best defensive player the Texans will face next year is Vaughn Miller. But ooh. I think you can still beat the Broncos even if they have Vaughn Miller because I don't trust our quarterback situation. Okay. I think the second best defensive player you're going to face next year is Joey Bosa, and they've got a really good damn, damn good quarterback in Philip Rivers. And you're playing them on the road in that bad box. Give me Bosa. No Bosa. That's a good one. That's a great one. When I thought of this, I thought of one player immediately, and you guys have allowed me to draft him. Mm. Are we going to snake draft? So sure. I get, I get two? Yeah, you okay. get two. You, oh, no. You, now, the Texans have beaten the Jacksonville Jaguars with, with Jalen Ramsey on the field, with Jalen Ramsey off the field. That said, Jalen Ramsey for me is the pick that I I he good one. I, because he's going against DeAndre Hopkins. That would likely be my pick, but you know who I'm going to take because I know who he you're has taking. been an issue. You know who I like, Yannick Ngakwe. Mm, Ngakwe coming off Gosh. the edge. I was I, there are three Jags I could take off that yeah. unit. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna take Ngakwe. I know I should take. I know I should take. Campbell's a worthy choice too. I know I should take Ramsey, but I'm gonna take Ngakwe because yep. I just think the way that he rushes the edge. Man, he's he can be very very scary. Sure. Um, so I'm gonna go with Ngakwe, and I'm gonna go to Kansas City because I think Chris Jones on the interior can be a huge ah, problem. You just stole Chris just Jones stole from me. So I'm gonna take Chris Jones from Kansas City. Off, just stole off that my defense. pick. Yeah, well, you know. By the way, uh, if we were playing offense, would you take Teddy Bridgewater off the? Jacksonville Jaguars roster? Just well, he's kidding. He's not on the Jacksonville Jaguars roster. I'm kidding. They might Could make a deal. Be? What about Nick Foles? Are they going to opt for him somehow? It they can't really sense. opt. They can go for It him. would make sense. All right. My strategy is this. Like, any team with a good quarterback, I want to chip away at everything they have. Yes. So, I'm going to go to the wait, Saints. Wait, wait, wait. Isn't it my pick? No, it's snaking back. I snake back. I did Yannick Ngakwe and Chris Jones. Now it's Drew, then And then you. you'll snake. Then you'll get two. You'll get your oh, two. Oh, because I was the first pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah, because you go got Darius Leonard. So I'm going over to the Saints, and I'm going with their – the guy who some folks had the Texans taken instead of J.J. Watt back in 2011. Ooh. I'm going to take Cam Jordan off there because I think he causes problems. Run, pass. So give me Cam Jordan. It's a good one. I think Cam Jordan. There's a lot of guys that could have chose, chosen on that defense. I was listening to somebody. I was listening to somebody the other day, and they were talking about a draft pick, and said, "Yeah, he plays a lot like." Oh, I was listening to uh, Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary was on with uh, Jim and Pat on mm-hmm. uh, moving the chains, which always bothers me now because it's not the chains; it's a chain. But right. their show is called Moving the Chains, and they were talking to Rashawn Gary out of Michigan, and they said, "Who do you pat in your game after?" And I'm, I'm always curious who these guys kind of look at. And he said, 
Cam Jordan with the New Orleans with the New Orleans Saints. So yeah. he definitely uh, has that impact. All right, you get two of them. So Von Miller's still out there, right? Sure, yes. sure. I'll take, take Von Miller off the Broncos. Right. You're welcome. And I'm wondering that or Jarrell Casey got hurt late in the season with the Titans, but is he yes. back for them next year? I, I think he more than likely is going to be. Yeah, back. I'll yes. take him off the All Tennessee right. roster as well. Remove him. He's okay. a good defender for them, and, and he's been good against. Look, it hardly guarantees so. you a win, right? But it's pretty cool to do this exercise because it lets you know who those best defenders are. I hate this because you guys still leave Jalen Ramsey on the on the field. You guys have left Jalen Ramsey. You know what? You know what stuck in my mind? His uh, shall we say lackluster performance here in the regular season finale, where. Point. He was. I think he was just dead set on giving DeAndre Hopkins a wonderful afternoon. It just appeared to be that way. Yeah, good point. He did have twelve catches tonight. Twelve catches. He needed one to break the record, and he he got twelve. That's right, because he needed thirteen. All right, Drew. I'm going. You have Joey Bosa and Cam Jordan, and I'm going to go to the Ravens, a playoff team. Mm. Wonder when we face them. Schedule. That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah. And we face them up there. That's going to be a big traveling Texans game. They're all going to want to go to the Inner Harbor. I hope it's in September. Some crabs. Monday night game again? I'm tempted to go as Darius Smith, who had a lot of sacks and everything. Yeah, he's a good player. But I just remember Terrell Suggs icing the game last time you were up there with the the strip sack. awful. Gets away from Savage. He had seven sacks last year. I bet you he's right around that number again in 2019. Could also go on with Mosley or Juden, but I'm gonna. You know what? Let's let's get one of the greatest Ravens in in, in team history off the mm-hmm, field. Mm-hmm. I'll say he's the what? He's the third best what behind Ray Lewis, Ed Reed. It's got to be. I would think so. Yeah. yeah. So let's take off Suggs. Yeah. Well, no T sizzle. Okay. I guess so Flacco's I, not going to make that list. Yeah. Well, oh, how about that? Flacco would help our defense. All right. I'm gonna go over. <laughs> Drew went over to the NFC for one of his picks. I'm gonna go over to the NFC for one of my picks, and I think he. Oh, no, I, I know where you're going. You're stealing my pick. I think he's the best inside linebacker in the game mm-hmm. for the Carolina Panthers. Yep. He didn't play against the Texans in 2015. Yep. Mm-hmm. And A.J. Klein, his replacement, ended up having an interception. But I think Carolina's defense without – now, they're already going to be without Thomas Davis because they're they're moving on. But I think Luke Keekley take Luke Keekley off of Carolina. And I know I've yeah. got a shot. If that game being here, I'll take Luke Keekley. Yeah. Knew you'd do that. All right. And then I – you get another one. I get another one. I hate the snake draft. Well, We're not doing snaked, this anymore. You snaked and got Von Miller, Drew Casey. And because you took Von Miller, that's leaving me the opportunity because I did not pick anybody from Denver. I'm going to take Bradley Chubb because I can't take oh, Von idea. Miller. So I might as well just take his partner. And I think in his second year, I think Bradley Chubb's going to be a problem. Wow. He, was first, a, he was a problem this year. First time we've had to go to a same team twice now, huh? Denver? Yeah. Denver. Had, had Here are the teams we haven't touched yet. Oakland, the Bucks, uh, the Falcons, the Patriots. and uh, Did you take Casey off the Titans? Yes, he did. Okay, I did. So, yeah. so we got that. So, yeah, so my I'm going with Bradley Chubb, taking Bradley Chubb off of Denver. Okay. And I'm hoping that one of those guys won't play in the game when we face them here, which would be kind of, which would be kind of fun. All right, it snakes back to Drew. You're up. Pick number four. Wait, wait, wait. You took Chubb and you took Keekley, I right? took Keekley okay, and okay. I took Chubb. Yes. All right, I'm going to uh, – I think the Falcons can kind of mess with some people anytime you have a quarterback, yep. like I said, Matt Ryan. So that was a shaky defense, I would say. Mm-hmm. An injured defense. Yes, because they yeah, because they were injured. I'm going to take Tack Ta- McKinley Ooh, off. off the, I have yep. a Falcon – I have two Falcons in mind. 
Oh, I got a Falcon right here for you. Okay. Tack McKinley off the edge. Drew, explain. Just edge rusher? Edge rusher. I mean, I'm not worried about DeAndre Hopkins. I, I think he can match up and beat anybody. Yeah. So, I know you, you might want to go with KZ. He had seven picks. Yeah, that's, but I don't my, think, that's my pick. I think the Texans, you know, with their pass protection problems, I'm always going to I'm always gonna defer and try to take the, the best pass rusher off the field. I have an Atlanta Falcon in mind. It's neither one of those two. Actually, two of them in mind. You're going with? KZ. All right, DeMonte KZ. Mm-hmm. All right. And I got to go again, don't I? You got a Wait, second one. Did we take Ramsey? No. I'll, ta- I'll take Ramsey right here. <laughs> It's it's now. Are you we going to keep going till we remove all the defenders from the no, roster? No, no, no. <laughs> no we, we'll get to the. This is the fifth route, so I mean, we're this we're is pretty, pretty much we're just pretty much it. Yeah, but KZ saw him at the Senior Bowl a couple of years ago, and the one thing I remember from him about San Diego State was, boy, he found the football. Like some of those guys that you watch, and you're like, guy just finds the football somehow. No Andre Howell's one of those guys too. Yeah. Yes, he is. The, the ball finds yeah. them. The ball, too. the yeah. ball finds them. Yeah. You know, I mean, not to take credit away from the player, but some guys are just football magnets. It counts. KZ seven picks last year. Andre Howell has all these picks. It just happens. So Mark ends up with Darius Leonard, Vaughn Miller, Jarrell Casey, DeMonte KZ, and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey won the fifth round. I think a lot of that has to to do with we have DeAndre Hopkins. But Mm -hmm. I still, I mean, I... I struggled whether I wanted to take Ramsey well, or Ngakwe. When you look at DeAndre's highlight reel, one of the great catches was the sideline one against Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, and here and at home, he was great. Ramsey is closer in coverage yeah. on that play than some of our corners were in some of the last he's still, of the year. He still played a good game against he, Hopkins. He Ramsey still, did. He gave up the a touchdown. One. The first one. He yeah. still. He, it was first a one, good yeah. game. I think, yeah. what, DeAndre had three catches. And who shut down T.Y. Hill? Yeah. I mean, he's the reason that it was yeah. six to nothing. All right, Drew, you have Joey Bosa, Cam Jordan, Terrell Suggs, Tack McKinley. You have this last pick. Who will it be? I don't think you're going to have a real problem beating the Bucks. I think you can go take care of Tampa Bay. So let's uh, let's chop away at their pass rush. Jason Pierre-Paul had a dozen and a half sacks JPP. last year. Let's get rid of him. He can still do it despite the hand situation. It's going to be interesting in Tampa Bay what they do with Gerald McCoy. Yeah, he, I don't was, know. he was on my list, but I don't know if he's back. Yeah, right? they don't. They, I mean, when he was interviewed at the end of the year, and they asked him about you know coming back, he was he was in tears almost. Like I don't know, I'm going to end yeah. up somewhere. Like I I love Gerald McCoy. I love it. I don't know that it would fit in Houston to be too expensive, and they've got other priorities. But uh, okay, so here we go. Here are some of the players that we didn't take. I still have one more spot, so I'm going to talk myself into a pick here. Jacksonville, we didn't take Clays Campbell. Ooh. We, we left him on the board. I was going to take him in the first round. Derwin James in San Diego is a good one. Ooh, that's a good yeah. D Ford's a good one. Justin Houston's a good one. Who's giving ideas now? You got to take Derwin Rankins. James. I mean, he's a darn near double-digit sack guy. Well, here, here were the guys I had it down to. I was thinking Atlanta. I was thinking Grady Jarrett, but you don't know whether Grady Jarrett's going to be back. Yep. I mean, he's a stud. Mm-hmm. And the other one I thought of was Deion Jones, linebacker, guy that can run, do a lot of different things for you. Those are the two guys. But Derwin James, I love Derwin James. No, I mean, I, No Kyle Van Noy, no Trey Flowers, no Dietrich Wise for the I Patriots. love Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy was one of my favorite draft crushes a few years ago. But when Derwin James fell to number 17, we were sitting here for the draft yeah. night, and when he fell to 17, I, I was like, Forget it. Shut it down. That's exactly what L.A. needed. They got Bosa. They got Ingram. Did you just say L.A.? Yeah. I'm, I'm getting used to saying the L.A. part of that. Yeah. Applause. No, you're not there. Golf you're time. not there yet. So I'm going to call them, when we play them, get ready. I'm going to call them the Chargers all day long. <laughs> 
It's yeah. not going to be Los Angeles. <laughs> call the kid. It, well, remember when the Raiders moved to L.A. in the 80s? Yeah, a lot yeah. of announcers wouldn't even call them the L.A. Raiders. They would just say the Raiders. The Ra- yeah. Chargers. Huh. It's going to be the Chargers. Yeah, I, I could see that. You could do what um, Troy Aikman did. He had a little note that he put on his monitor, and it mm. said Los Angeles Chargers. It's just still so strange. It is. It's that one's weird. troubled me more than any other move in the NFL. So we did not pick anybody from New England. Yeah, because they well, you have Hightower, you have other guys who play really well. Yeah. They make plays, but there's not just one stud player that if you remove him yeah. is going to change the whole world. Van Noy is pretty good, you know. And uh, then you, yeah. I mean, <sighs> it's like they have eleven above average players that are so cohesive, yeah. play so well together. They're pluses. Zero I think that's stars. how they look at. It. Is yeah. he a plus? Right. Then put him on there. And is he coachable? Will he know what we're trying to do here? Because. If you don't pay attention to the instructions, then obviously you're not going to be there very long. But you add in guys like Hightower. I mean, Hightower can do a lot of different things for you. Kyle Van Oy can do – I mean, the, the play that Van Oy makes in the Super Bowl where he basically knocks out Josh Reynolds. They're running a bootleg and mm-hmm. hide boots basically so the tight end or the wide receiver hides himself back in the line. And Van Oy blasts Reynolds, mm. stays on his feet, and then runs Goff out of bounds. On the same play, and you're like, wait. What about Gilmore? And Gilmore yeah. played as well as he's ever played. But but it was Gilmore, the best year he it, had. It's funny with them because Logan Ryan goes, Malcolm Butler goes. Other teams, if you had won the way they've won with those guys, you'd be like, we got to hold on to these guys. There's no way we can afford to let these guys go. Not financially necessarily, but in a football winning sense. No problem with them. They let guys walk all the time. They want them to walk, and they fill from underneath. So here's how we voted, or here's how we drafted. One a player, one defensive player, off a 2019 opponent to help the Texans win. Mark went with Darius Leonard, Von Miller, Jarrell Casey, DeMonte KZ of Atlanta, and Jalen Ramsey. Drew went with Joey Bosa, Cam Jordan, Terrell Suggs, Tack McKinley, and JPP. You have a definite theme with the five guys you took. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is, they all play on the edge. They all can rush the quarterback. I went with Yannick Ngakwe, Chris Jones, Luke Keekley, Bradley Chubb, and Derwin James. I kind of spread mine out a little bit. Last time the Texans played Carolina, Keekley didn't play, and they yep. lost anyway. I know. Ryan Mallett. But still, going into 2019, though, <laughs> going into 2019. It was a warm day in Charlotte. Listen, any show where I can get oh, a Ryan Mallett reference, I'm going to do it, darn it. Well, who threw J.J. Watt his first touchdown pass? That's right. Ryan Mallett. Well, no, it was no, Ryan no, no, Mallett. No, 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 no. Fitzpatrick. It was, it was yeah, Fitzpatrick Fitzy threw the first one. one. Yeah. It was Ryan Mallett's first one. Yeah. I should have yeah. said that. Who yeah, caught Ryan Mallett's first touchdown pass? J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. That's true. Yeah. But there you go. Guys, appreciate it. Thank thanks, you. Johnny. And there you have it. A big thanks to Mark, to Drew, to all of you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans.